Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey cuties, I'm Miles Sexton, a content creator, activist, and loud and proud disruptor of the norm. On Our Private Bits, we talk about all things and people that don't get talked about enough, or at all. Trust me, as a sober, HIV-positive, non-binary person, I would know. Join me as I chat with people in my life and from around the world whose stories deserve to be heard. Maybe you'll learn something new, and you will definitely LOL. All right, cuties. Today, I'm going to get into the private bits of my relationship with my fiancé, Tyler. Tyler is the man that I fell absolutely head over platform heels in love with. (laughs) Want to say hi, babe? Oh, hey, everyone. (laughs) I'm so happy that you could join me today for this first episode of Our Private Bits. So exciting. We've been talking about it for so long. We have been. And I think that, you know, with this podcast, I really want to have a lot of conversations that people aren't having or maybe just have a lot of stigma or shame or fear about having. And I want to break that down. And I think the whole theme of this first episode is really around the idea of like coming out. And I think as queer people, we're like, coming out isn't one time. No, it's never one time. You think you have this idea in your head that's going to be built up to this one big time. And you, you know, you make that, uh, you know, I'm gay or I'm queer or I'm trans and, you know, you never have to do it again. But in reality, it's, you know, you're coming out multiple times over and over and over again. And even take it outside of the queer community, just, you know, you being sober, yes. uh, constantly having to come out in that sense as well. Exactly. That, that you live well, a sober life, your HIV status and everything. There's right? so many moments, I think, where we have to come out. But I don't know. I, I really look at it now, like less about coming out and letting people in. Because I think it's like, it's important that, you know, there's like a trust and there's a respect there that we're like letting people into our lives. And, you know, so I don't, I don't want people to think that like, you know, oh, you have to come out to like everyone. Like, I think that that's a misconception, but I think that there is, you know, I think certain moments I know for myself anyway, where like, you know, I'm trying to be an advocate in my life and being more public about my status, about my sobriety, about my queerness, you know, these are all things where I've had to kind of like let social media in. And I know that that's like a lot of pressure, but I also know that there's like a huge part of like our relationship that we don't talk about, you know, and we haven't really talked about that much. You know, I think we've like, there's been little Easter eggs, maybe like through our social media. Yeah, I guess I'm just living the uh, behind the camera as your tripod mystery man. (laughs) You are, but you know, I think, I think we've both discussed that. I think it's important that we have sort of larger conversations and yeah, I guess I would love for you to be able to share maybe a little bit more about yourself that I think the followers don't know. Yeah, I guess, you know, with our relationship being so, so public and and open and just in general, I feel like there's portions of the queer community that don't have a whole lot of positive role models to Mm -hmm. um, kind of reach out to or or look upon. Um, And I think it's important for me to come out on this coming out episode um, that I'm, I'm actually a 35 year old trans man. So 
you know, that's, that's a huge thing of us being in a, you know, queer non-binary and, and a trans relationship that kind of breaks the norm a little bit, mm-hmm. not saying that it's not out there, but you know, maybe there's other individuals out there that, you know, you feel in the same position and, and don't know what a relationship could be, uh, in that situation. So, um, yeah. Well, what do you want me to, what do you want to know? <laughs> Where do you want me to begin? I mean, I think it's definitely been an adventure. I know for me anyway, you know, because honestly you, you were the first like trans man that I ever met. And I, and I really don't have a lot in my, a lot of, you know, men in my life that have like similar stories to yours. Right. So I think for me anyway, it was a little bit of a huge learning when we started dating and getting into a relationship Mm -hmm. because, you know, I think from my own personal experience, especially being HIV positive, like I didn't want you to feel that like you had to always be my teacher because like, I, I guess for me, I've always felt like I had to teach everyone about everything. And sometimes I, I think it like when we can take a little bit of that, like pressure off, you know, I think we all have the ability to learn. Yeah. And, and, and that's uh that's a good point to bring because I, I feel yeah. like the ability to learn and, and grow comes in so many different ways because not every queer person not every trans person not every gay or lesbian individual uh, or non-binary person uh, wants to be addressed or you know the same way as somebody else what is fine for you might not be fine for me but what's fine for me might not you know might actually make you uncomfortable totally so i feel like yeah i feel like everybody you know the the big i i don't know i might get into a little bit of trouble but you know with you know the the 101 things to never say to a trans man like mm. i've read that book yeah and i can tell you right now that a hundred of those things don't apply to me yeah exactly you know and and i think that it's a great resource but we have to you know have these tough conversations to to know and I think there, it's like having those tough conversations with the individual people in your lives, right? For sure. The individuals, it's a very individualized conversation. Yeah, agreed. And I, and I think that that's why I'm, I'm so proud of you for like talking about this. And because I think that there isn't a lot of resources like out there, you know, even for when, you know, back when we first started dating, it was like, I could, I had a hard time finding like books and stories and things just that I could like understand the language that I had to use, I think, for certain situations for us, right? And I think that that was what was really important for me is, like, Mm -hmm. I wanted you to feel comfortable, like, in how I was addressing everything, you know? And I didn't want, I don't know, I guess I just didn't want to say the wrong thing, which I know is a part of learning. But yeah, I just, I think that this is, like, this is such a huge thing because I think there's so many people that are out there that I think can really look up to you and, you know, learn from you. And I think you're an incredibly inspiring trans man with an, an incredible journey. So let's talk a little bit about that. So I know that you were like, what, 16 when you came out? Yeah. Like I, the first time? <laughs> my, <laughs> the first time that I came out, I think I was about 13. 13. Um, and I came out to my mom and I just said, uh, you know, to my mom that I, uh, mom, I, I hate being a girl. You know, I like girls, but I hate being a girl. And uh, my mom was like, okay, you know, like kind of did the whole, is it a phase thing? Is it not a phase thing? But I really, I, I was a tomboy man since the day that I was born, I I was born to be a boy, you know, and um, the big fights in our house were about, you know, me putting on dresses or um, (laughs) I tried peeing my name in the snow, like every other boy out there, you know, I had really no idea that I was a, I was a girl like that never crossed my head. 
And when I was three, if, if and I'm dating myself, I mean, I am 35, but the Sears catalog out in Canada is kind of like, you know, a large train, you know, box mm. store. And the big thing was around Christmas time, you would get these Sears catalogs and, you know, in our house, we would circle out our toys or, you know, what, what I wanted for mm-hmm. Christmas. And, um, the first, I think real aspect of me coming out, I think happened when I was three, when, you know, we were looking at the Sears catalog, we, we kind of passed by a Joe Boxer brief ad and there was a guy standing there in just white Joe Boxer briefs. And I, I pointed to his crotch and I asked my mom for, you know, crotch for Christmas and she laughed. I was like, oh, you know, called my dad over and <laughs> oh, look what Tyler wants for Christmas. You know, meanwhile, no, no dick came for me. I, I didn't get a dick in a box, you know, like, yeah, <laughs> I, uh, <laughs> I was like really the first time that I probably, you know, kind of put it out out to the world yeah. i guess without without knowing right totally. it, it was so innocent right knowing that i didn't have one but already at three feeling like this is who i should be in in you know the guy in the white joe box briefs and then no, it was like a missing like you, you I mean, did you feel like it was like a missing part of you it, or like uh, kind of you know yeah. like i guess uh, i guess in a way and then you know at 13 i came out with my, my mom again and then uh at 15 um like we're talking about like early 2000s here of when yeah. of when i came out and there was no gay straight alliance in my school you know being 13 14 um where do you find resources yeah it was the it was the dawn of dial-up totally right so the dawn of dial-up it was already a struggle to get a history paper done to look Mm -hmm. up anything let alone you know the internet the dawn of the internet Uh, i didn't know what to search i mean i remember Did you have like examples like was there anyone that you knew that was like a trans man or was no, trans like, like not no. not in the my wildest dreams i think you know a, a trans man or being transgendered was something that this this could good could, could be with me right mm-hmm. like i just had one uh you know gay friend yeah uh, in in high school and they we're kind of a little bit more of a rebel, right? Like mm-hmm. Kind of like to sneak out of the house and go down to clubs. I mean, he also looked older than I was. And, you know, we uh, I remember going out to um, like sneaking into a gay bar, yeah. right? For the first time and, and seeing, you know, um, a dr- drag kings, but yes. like gender, like non-binary kings and, yeah. you know, having these conversations. That was my first eye-opening experience of being like, what like it was like walking through narnia you know like yeah. like what but is did this? that like shift something inside of you like when you experienced that 100%, like- it started making me be like man i'm not the only one right okay. and i was having this conversation with somebody who was uh, significantly older than me they were going to university of toronto and mm-hmm. uh they identified as you know um queer okay and they told me the, about the women's bookstore and here i am at 14 sneaking in you know, somewhere where I shouldn't be and getting like the best life advice that I possibly could. Cause I, I went to the women's bookstore and I found a, a book called transforming families. And it, it's a book about all uh, positive stories of family members and friends coming mm-hmm. out as, as trans. And I was reading it in the bookstore and I was like, man, this is, this is me. Like, wow. and I remember, you know, on my allowance, buying this book, going home, handing it to my mom and, and uh, being like, you know, that same day, that same day, <laughs> like same day I bought it. I had the balls. I bought it. I went back home and literally handed it to my mom and was like, mom, I'm a boy. And she was like, yeah, I know. And that was wow. like, that was the end of the conversation. And, uh, you know, I, I found a counselor with uh, Central Toronto Youth Services who okay. Uh, not only deal with queer youth, but youth in general and mm-hmm. kind of, you know, for everybody under 21 and just changed my life with my counselor and found uh, a great doctor, uh, queer based 
uh, facility in Toronto. And uh, that was kind of like, was kind of it. I got like, my family was supportive almost immediately. That's, I mean, you're so lucky. And I feel like I'm, that they were, I I'm feel like lucky. we see the stories I think that are happening in the media 100%. right now. With... And and I know how lucky I am. And, and I think this is one thing that I've never really taken for granted is the fact that I do have, you know, a very, very supportive family. My, my aunt and uncle and my cousins were the ones that were a little bit more reserved mm-hmm. and hesitant uh, at first because, you know, coming out and, and talking about starting hormones and, you know, yeah. I'm 16 and, you know, I've got my mom's support and, you know, I'm doing everything right the doctors going to counseling and, and all this and my aunt and uncle were kind of more more hesitant because mm-hmm. it's a massive life change right like For this sure. is this is something that's going to change the course of my life and a lot of people the biggest debate right now is like how do kids know totally you know so what would you say then if a parent is out there and is listening and they like you know they have a trans kid like what would you say to them to help them like better understand like the importance I think of like allowing them to transition at such a young age? Yeah, my parents, um, uh, the best advice that I, I think I possibly could give is that, you know, my parents never really put me in a box. Mm-hmm. Like I was, I was always a tomboy. So, you know, forcing me to play with Barbies or forcing me to wear dresses or take ballet was never a thing in our house. Like mm-hmm. my, it was a very open family i think and like incredible you know i didn't play with barbies i played with gi joes and if i didn't have barbies i cut their hairs so they look like gi joes you know and like i played with cars and you know i was into sports and hockey and you know making mud pies in the back and catching frogs and stuff like that was never a thing it was encouraged for Mm -hmm. me to kind of discover so the biggest thing i could probably say you know with a parent who may be struggling with uh, a child that's showing you know maybe that they are trans or Mm non-binary or even if it is just um, a feminine feminine boy or you know feminine son or uh, a tomboy you know daughter i just you need to lean into what their interests are i think i don't think stifling it is the right right choice i feel like if somebody's showing an interest let them discover because i think when children play they discover a lot about themselves Mm -hmm. and you can you can really see their true innocence kind of come out in that way right like you know we all see the the heartwarming stories on tiktoks and instagram about you know the little boy that's you know goes to disney as his favorite princesses Mm -hmm. and you know the dad is dressed as a princess to show the support like i I feel like we need more of that agreed because i think the more that we put our like put children or you know i think inside of a box and we create these binaries for them you know, I think the more internalized shame and stigma totally. gets, like, becomes within us, you know, and I think that it's, that has such a long term effect, because I I think even for myself, like, being non binary, it's like, I'm, you know, 32 years old, and I'm, I'm still unpacking and unlearning the shame that my parents put me through mm-hmm. for being too feminine or, or embracing my divine femininity. So, totally. you know, I can't, you know, I, I, you know, obviously I don't know your own, your experience as a, as a trans man, but I, you know, I think there is like similarities for sure. there, you know? You know, and, and the big debate about, of going on, on hormones and yes. starting on starting on that process, I, I think it's very individualized, you know, there's, there's things in place that, okay, you, you know, my my case was different mm-hmm. and i i never went on hormone blockers i i was a very late bloomer i never you know i i, I didn't grow breasts i never had a period yeah. you know i hormone blockers weren't really 
needed in my life because okay. I, I was very androgynous all the way through and didn't really have a high pitched voice at all. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I hormone blockers are another way for you to kind of not delay the process, but give another year or two to a, a child that is still figuring themselves out without the, you know, the effects of being on hormones. Okay. So, so I guess like, just so I'm understanding and everyone's understanding. So, so a child could take hormone blockers instead of going on testosterone or estrogen. Absolutely. So there was not like a, like it's not change. It's not altering their body with those no, hormones. No, it's, it's just, it's, it's just delaying puberty. Yeah. Right. It's just, and again, like, I, I mean, what, what is, right in Ontario Mm -hmm. of the process of having to be 16 may not be the whole, you know, what, what may be acceptable in the States or, you know, in a different province. And I, I don't think I'm, I'm, I would ever condone somebody like going on such a life changing journey without following the proper steps of getting medical, you know, advice, right? Like, you know, my, my doctors were like, Hey, you have to do a year of, you know, appointments or Mm -hmm. five, five consecutive appointments. I had to see a counselor or a therapist, right? Like there's, there's, I think those are important steps because it allows you to maybe like have conversations with other people outside of your family that you're not going to feel judged by. Absolutely. You know, know, understand a hundred percent if that's right for you. You know, at 16, I mean, I, I know that my transition saved my life, mm-hmm. right? Like if, if I didn't transition, I, I don't Ugh. think I, I'd be here today. I really don't, right? That's like, exactly it, right? you know, and you know, what my journey is, again, isn't the same as everybody else's journey, mm-hmm. right? And I, I think it's, I think it's important um, to, to follow the uh, right processes. Yes. And, you know, I understand that, you know, transitioning obviously comes with, you know, medical bills and mm-hmm. um, prescriptions, and it might not be feasible for everybody, but seeking counseling, seeking counseling for youth, you know, it's, it's there, it's available. We do have, you know, these um, resources mm-hmm. that you don't have to pay out of pocket for that, that are there, you know, for harm reduction and, yes. and all of that, that I think is a good way. Like, uh, I know here in Ontario, there's several groups like soy and um, you, you do the sex fluent, which mm-hmm. is great um, for youth and family to kind of go, not necessarily counseling together, but, you know, different workshops yeah. and, and go and meet people that the age i'm so thankful for like central toronto youth services because it allowed me to meet other queer gay lesbian trans Mm -hmm. non-binary people my age again like in 2000s that's a huge that's a huge thing (laughs) i didn't know anyone growing up no like you don't know anybody growing up right and like when you're that young and you know you need resources Mm You need you need those resources. So so for parents to have access to that or maybe a better understanding of where they could and you know support their child being like, you know what, let's go to uh whatever it may be, like an mm. acting camp, a queer acting camp, mm-hmm. or you know, uh, a counseling service that has a wide variety so somebody can meet other people of their age. Because I think it helps to separate. I, I'm, I you know, of course I think every parent is gonna feel the fear, you know? 100%. But it's I think it's I think the hardest thing that parents I think need to be aware of is not to project I think their own fears and their own expectations and their own visions that they had for their child, you know, onto them, you 100%. know, and it's like, I think that that's like the, such a stifling thing. For sure. Like, right. I feel like my mom probably had those, I'm you sure know, she did I'm sure too. she did. Right. You know, of like it, not having 
she told me once, this was like a few years after about like, you know, after I transitioned that, you know, she's like, she finally felt like she never lost a daughter, but gained a son. Mm-hmm. Right. And so oh, that was yeah. like, Oof. you know, she, she didn't lose a child. No. You know, she just gained, she had gained a son Yes, out of it. And our relationship has changed. And I'm sure she struggled with, you know, a daughter not having children anymore yeah but that doesn't mean that i can't still give her grandkids right it just changes the um the process of uh having grand grandchildren right just rewriting the story for sure you know and i yeah i I don't know i think that it's like it's it's i think that is so powerful that your that your mom was able to like you know put i think her thing second and put you first because i think that that's at the end of the day, I think every parent should want what's best for their child. And I think that like, yes, we maybe might be children at these moments in our lives. But I think that there is such an internal dialogue that is telling us like what it is that we need, you know, And, and that we need to follow that. And I think that it's like, we need to support our, our children in, in that journey. And, you know, and, and just, learning and learning as much as we can, I think, for Mm. them in that process so that we can create like a safe space for them. Because, you know, we look at like youth and, you know, yes, obviously within, you know, our community, like, unfortunately, some of the highest like suicide rates like come from our community because like we can't be authentically who we are Mm. and and especially double clicked in for the trans community. You know, like, I think that trans people have it it's a way more intensive sort of process and and just trying to be who they were naturally born to be. Right. Absolutely. Like even more important that like the children at this very vulnerable stage in their life, when they're like considering, Mm -hmm. you know, transitioning or coming out that like they need the support of their family. Absolutely. And like a big thing, it's not like I went from zero to a hundred right away. Right. It's not like, it's not like I woke up one day and being like, you know what? I, today I, I'm a boy. Like mm-hmm. I was three and asking for a dick for Christmas, yeah. you know, like <laughs> at four, I was peeing my name in the snow, you know. Even on a budget quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to Quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Through high school, I was on sports teams and, and all of that, and I started to hate, you know, Puberty came late for me, but I was starting to hate who I was looking at in the mirror, mm-hmm. right? I was sneaking out to gay bars, you know, to, that I finally found somebody like me and being part of the drag community, like being, so I was a drag king for a very long time. I was, dra- I, was I did drag for like 17 years, but you know, at 16, 17, 18, 19, being a drag king and getting to put on fake facial hair mm-hmm. and, you know, put a packer in my pants and go out into the world 
presenting who I saw in my head yeah. helped me transition. Like, so powerful. You know, and it was just, it, you know, it's one of those things where you, your, your mirror reflection finally is starting to, to, to kind of look back. Right. And, and you, you start to see all the, see the smile again mm-hmm. of like, who's looking back at you. Right? I think it's hard when you look in the mirror and you feel like it's like a stranger looking back, right? Like it's, yeah. it, I think that that's such a like, I mean, it's heavy, I, right? For sure. I mean, I, I, I'm sure you feel the same way. I'm sure you, you put on, you know, we all know you being like super fashionable. I'm sure you put clothes on that you're like, ah, oh, this is not me. Yeah, right? I like mean, this is I not. Did, I think my femininity for most of my life, you know, as a child, like I felt like I never got to live my authentic self because I was shamed so much for it, you know, and my femininity was used as a weapon, I think, against me. So like, I, you know, I completely relate to that. Mm -hmm. I I too have that same moment of like, you know, wearing my first pair of heels and going out into the world in them. And it just just feels so confident. You do. It's like, it's how I've always felt like I was meant to be. Isn't it weird, like putting on something for so long that feels comfortable, right? You go out and the confidence that exudes, Mm -hmm. I bet you didn't see anybody staring at you that day no you know what i, I mean like isn't that weird isn't that a weird concept you finally like hide for so long and, you, and you're so worried like for me i mean living in toronto i literally put fake face cut my hair put yeah. fake face glued it to my face okay <laughs> really <laughs> right like glued it to my spirit gummed it to my face put a packer on you know and like took the ttc like the subway system downtown and like never felt more confident meanwhile I never saw a single person staring at me, probably because I was just so in the moment. I bet you you could feel the same way, you know, going out in the world the first time with heels and stuff. That's so true. Now, for those who don't know what a packer is, do you want to explain that? <laughs> a packer is exactly what it sounds like. It's just like a like a silicone prosthetic, you know, penis that is, uh, it could be soft or semi mm-hmm. or they could be hard and and you just kind of put in the front of your underwear there and give you the big, the big old bulge. How, like, how old were you when you, like, started? Again, I was, like, I think 16 or 17 and, like, sneaking down to, you know, sex stores. Were you afraid to buy it? Like, how how (laughs) was that process of, like, getting those things? I'm trying to think of what store. I think, I honestly, I think I bought my first packer from Good For Her. I'm pretty sure that's the store. Um, And it was Queer Run. Okay. And I went with somebody who I had met who, who was older than than I am yeah. and they kind of like showed me around and it was a good experience I mean it was very queer friendly and it was kind of awkward like you know yeah, you know you're 17 like just holding these little yeah you know like buying your first sex toy but it's not even a sex toy it's just <laughs> just want a fake cock you know totally. like it's but it, it was it was good it was like a, a liberating I think experience of like coming home and being like yeah, like what, like, you know, like, like holding up like the golden grail, like, oh, you know, like totally. <laughs> unwrapping it for the first time. Like how, how was it looking at yourself once you like put it on? And I think it was, uh, I think, you know, the gears started to like click be like, oh, like this is, this is who I am. I'm starting to feel, feel better. I, I can honestly th- say that the moment I realized that I, I made the right choice mm-hmm. uh, transitioning and stuff was I went from being this like super outgoing kid to a very quiet teenager mm-hmm. right struggling with um not knowing where i fit in the world to starting uh hormones a, in october and my our first christmas with family and my voice had dropped like eight octaves like wow. it was it was a lot and you know uh my aunt kind of taking me aside and being like 
now there's the kid that I always knew, you know, like you finally came back out of your shell and stuff. And it was like, yeah, just overwhelming, right? Like that, that people know, like I, you finally come out of your shell and like you've turned a chapter to, to who you're going to be. And I, and I think that, I don't know why I'm getting emotional <laughs> talking about this with you. Ooh. But like, I think that, that that is just, that is just it. I think it's like when we can allow children to have those moments and allow them to shine and be who they are. It's like that is saving lives. I just, I just so powerful. You know, I think, I think children and youth just need that to, to let them be children and youth and like just being, being themselves, just being themselves and with the support and like, you know, instead of shaming somebody or just because it's not how you want to live your life, Mm -hmm. like let, let them. And you know what? It may be a phase. It may not, it may not be totally right, but allow them to have that moment. So, so but speaking about coming out, I mean that's yes. only like one portion of you know yeah. coming out as a, a trans man. I mean i I now live a fairly stealth lifestyle. Yeah, right. Most of you on Instagram that have seen Miles and and Explain I together, and, so because stealth, I feel like it's like a word that we use in our community. Yeah, but so like, like stealth is just kind of like living under the radar. You know, I blend in to see me on the street. You would never kind of second guess that I'm. Like you're very pa- I'm, a tra- like, it's very I'm very passable, passing. Yeah, you know, I'm very like, passing. You know, I have a full beard and. You know, I, I mean, I am five five. Like, I am a shorter guy, but I don't even think that I just kind of blend in. Totally. You know, I kind of blend in, and you say it all the time that I'm a, like, I'm a dude's dude. I'm a dude, bro. Like, if For I don't sure. say dude, I'm saying bro, and and all that. And Literally, like testosterone just comes out of Tyler's pores. <laughs> just, <laughs> <laughs> just the wild mountain man, and, you know. And and we talk about uh, like not coming. Like, so once I became stealth, you know, I didn't feel the need to kind of come out anymore right mm-hmm. like i don't need to share that portion of my life but i i feel like it's important yes right like i was very active i like you with your activism with like you know trans youth uh, mm-hmm. for a very long time and and uh, the queer community the youth queer community within toronto and like durham region and i got a big boy job and uh, i was starting to work in the railway and it's like oh i don't know whether i can I don't know whether I I should share this portion of my life with people that I work with. Like it's you know kind of like a man's, you know, like yeah, a big I mean, boys club. Railway, you know, I feel like, like it's like a very hyper masculine. Totally, right? you know. And uh, I just kind of I stopped. I stopped. You know, posting and and kind of being inclusive. And not that I'm ashamed of who I am, but it was more we kind of go back to you know safety and. Well, I think there there is always a moment. I think for everyone within our community where we have to choose our safety like over our authenticity or vice versa right like you know i think we come out we're choosing our authenticity over our Mm -hmm. safety but then you know there is moments where we like get put into scenarios where it's hard to choose between that absolutely and like i'm to the point in in my life where it's you know nobody's nobody's business Mm -hmm. right it's it's between me and my partner or, or the person that you know i was dating at the time um but I've started realizing again. So as soon as I started being passable, I think it was about, I don't know, 17 or 18 maybe. And uh, I kind of was in that phase of, you know, between 16 and 18, 16 and 19, very much like, oh yeah, like, you know, activist and, you know, yeah, I'm trans and telling everybody, even if they, Mm -hmm. I felt like kind of, you know, um, 
you know, not not taking any jokes about vegetarians, but they always tell you that they're vegan or vegetarian, yeah, right? Like, so you didn't ask life. me, but like, oh, how do you change the light? And, and I, I would respond like, oh, I'm trans, and this is how I change it. Like, you know yeah, what I mean? Totally. Like, it's always a topic. But I think you were proud. I think you're proud. You, you were so that, suppressed. Like, I think you know for a portion of your life that you're so proud of it now totally. that you want to talk about it and uh you know and then i went from like 18 19 to being like stealth and no nobody really you know needing to know mm-hmm. and i kind of took a huge step back from the community because i was like oh i'm i'm stealth you know i kind of you know we're dating girls and like straight women mm-hmm. and you know stuff like that and it's like didn't tell anybody for a long time but and is there like a sense of like security in there like what, i think like, so where, I think it's like where does that security. come from i you think know? it's a sense of security knowing that you're just kind of blending in right you're no longer that like you know person that's getting stared at or being mm-hmm. judged right because nobody knows totally nobody, i i finally look who like i'm supposed to be and nobody really knows what's going on outside of that because i think like with a lot what I think a lot of people don't understand is like, you know, for a lot of people within our community is that like, you know, when we leave the house, there is a fear there, right? There's a fear for our safety. There's a fear of being judged or, you know, attracting attention to ourselves because, you know, unfortunately the world that we currently live in is not curated for everyone. It's curated for very much like cisgendered and white people specifically. Right. And it's like, so I think, that you know i i can totally understand like why i think living a stealth life like i mean honestly like i i don't know what that feels like but it, i'm sure it must have felt amazing to just like not be a, i don't know not be afraid is that like yeah, how it is like you I don't know, know it's it's like you don't have to explain why yes. why you're in the bathroom totally or like why you're buying certain clothes like yeah, you know it's it's that examples. like it's like the explanation's no longer there so it's like you know, I don't need to explain to the lady at Subway. Yeah. You know, my whole life backstory is just kind of I'm I'm blending into the norm. Totally. Um, but what changed my uh, thought on that was, you know, I had, um, I remember this very like vividly as like a twelve a twelve year old youth that was very struggling uh, with with his transition mm-hmm. and, and knowing where he fit in the world, and I saw so much of myself in him, yeah. and I was like, oh my god. I could be that person to let him know that like it does get better. You mm-hmm. know, like it does get better. You can have a job, you can have a successful career, you can have a partner, you can have a house, you know, all of this. And I it was a real like eye-opening moment for me and being like, what am I doing? Like I have an opportunity to be a positive role model and talk about, you know, my life experience and that it's not necessarily all bad. Mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. So I, I it's it's a roller coaster because I I like I came out and I went back in. And then I came out, you know, and then I got a big boy job and you know, I don't need to talk about it. And then uh, recently I just came out at, at my job as well oh, to like so all <laughs> my all my supervisor and management team kind of let them know that I was trans because we also had another trans uh, uh, individual working for us yeah. and there's there is a handful of gay gentlemen that I work with and that you know some of them are very out and proud and yes. some of them are older and you know still feel uh, it to be hard to talk about yeah and again like I, like we said I'm just kind of here to to kind of tell my story that it's not, you don't need to be ashamed about it. Yeah. Let your journey kind of flow through. And, um, but I think you really approached it with your work, like in a way of like, I, this is who I am and I deserve respect. 
And totally. I think I really, I really admired that and how you did it. I remember like sitting here listening to you, like oh, yeah, on, my staff call. You're on your staff <laughs> call. And I literally was like getting tears in my eyes because it was just like, I was so proud of you. And like hearing their responses, I think back and everyone I feel like was so supportive and Absolutely, so yeah. like good about it. And like, I'm talking like these are like the most like masculine men like they're I, I, I you know, like this is not like, you know, an industry that I would like, you know, expect them to be so open about. And, you know, I think that that's it. Like, I think that there is change that is happening in this world. There is conversations that are happening. And, you know, and I think that you've now like changed, I think, that company forever because like, you know, you're allowing them to have representation of what a trans so. person is and you're setting such a good example of that for for them and like who knows the next person that they meet and 100%. how they would react right 100%. yeah i'm very fortunate with my with the company that uh, that i currently work for and, and coming out and my the support of my my fellow supervisors and and management have just been like unreal and uh you know we talk about coming out again mm-hmm. i mean let's talk about our relationship right yeah. like i went from dating and like specifically dating like straight women yes to going huh this doesn't really feel right to me Hmm. right but i want to like talk about this a little bit more too because like why did you feel the need once you transitioned to date women I feel like maybe it's, the need isn't sorry. That's not the right word. Like, what, why did you feel? <laughs> there's always a need to date straight I, women, I, Miles. There's always. Okay. I mean, Stacy's mom is out there. I don't. And everybody, that, everybody <laughs> needs to have a little moment with Stacy's mom. But like, I guess, like, what, what was like attracting you to date women after you transitioned? I feel like it's the um, thought process of like the hyper masculinity, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was attracted to to girls for sure when I was when I was younger. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it was, there was definitely an undeniable attraction there. Um, as I started to transition, um, you know, becoming a man and dating straight women, I mean, like, that's, that's the ultimate, like, I want the white house, like the picket fence, like I got a hot wife, you know, like all Mm. this, like definitely the hyper masculine, uh, I guess, dream, right. Of what, what it is to be a man. And as I transitioned and got older, I started really thinking, being like, man, I, yeah, I was attracted. I think women are beautiful Mm -hmm. and I think they're very pretty and attractive in all shapes and sizes. I, I, there is an attraction there, but then I started to kind of think a little bit more being like, man, but sexually, yes, somewhat attracted. Mm -hmm. But then I always realized like, I would always like the porn. Yeah. Growing up was always, was always men. It was always gay. It was always gay porn. so interesting. It was always gay porn. And I was like, and it was always solo porn. Right. Hmm. And in my head, I was like, you know, it, I guess it would help me like What's visually, solo porn, like just like one person, like one not person, like, like, not like, yeah, yeah okay. like, not like, you know, and, and then I was like, am I actually attracted to men because I'm sexually attracted to men or whether is it because I see myself mm, as that, that in, individual, is that individual, right? Like, so for a long time, it was, you know, I looked at men like, that's, that's what I want to be, mm-hmm. right? Like, that's what I want to look like. That's, that's where I want to end up. And Again, you know, you get older and go, yeah, no, I am, I am really gay. Yeah. Right. And and coming out that coming out as gay was harder for me to come out being like, I like boys than it was for me to come out being like, I am a boy. And see, I find this so interesting because it's like 
you know, like you've already gone through this journey of like, you know, you know, I put my mother through so much, like, you know, but becoming like, you know, the man that you've always were meant to be. Right. And, but it's like, but you still had to like unlearn these like very like colonial and old constructs of like what it means to be a man totally you know and i and i applaud you for like it's been a journey going through that i mean (laughs) i feel very lucky i mean you know i'm glad that (laughs) you could figure out that part or i don't think we would be together Together. but like you know it's like yeah i mean i find that that's so interesting and i think it's like a good moment of pause i think that everyone should take about like how what am i still holding on to what are my blind spots right and and as a as a queer individual and as a trans man i I feel like you could probably talk about this too miles is that you know i i feel like the gay community is very like cliquey in a Mm. way right like there's like your subsections of everything right and and it's a journey to figure out where you are. Yeah. Even in, even as a straight individual, I am sure people struggle all the time of like where they fit in life, right? Like your circle of friends, are they the right circle of friends? Am I in the right job? Mm-hmm. You know, like there's, there's a lot of struggles and I, and I feel like the queer community, it's like amplified a bit because there's so many different pockets and niches within a community that like you can kind of dive into so i feel like in my 20s i was like just just barely tipping the iceberg of like who i am i mean man i i came out to my mom as a trans man then a couple years later go hey mom i think i like boys and she's like well you're never gonna know unless you date one so you know i i went on a date then dated some boys and you know was into the leather community and then you know figured i I dated drag queens i dated a trans woman like i i feel like just makes me sound like a really horror but anyways i feel like you know i I feel like my life thing was you know i can't knock it until i try it totally and as a trans individual i feel like we're on a constant journey of self-discovery i really do because you get so comfortable with yourself and then like the world turns in a certain way or a leaf blows and you're like, huh? Okay. I'm, you know, I, I'm, you know, I'm really attracted to men or I, you know, I really want to be a drag queen now Yes. or, you know, I want to be a feminine boy, Mm -hmm. you know? And I I think it's so important. I think it's important that I think for everyone, not just, you know, people within our community, but like all like, you know, I think sexual identities, is and gender identities like I think it's important that we take that time to discover and experiment and try because you know I think sometimes we get so hung up on that this is like what I'm supposed to be because even for me I think like you know as someone who is a bit more like naturally effeminate it was like I was like okay like I am only a bottom so if people don't know what that means like it means that like you know I would only like get a penis in my butt and like <laughs> basically <laughs> and like you know i would never like put my penis in anyone's butt and like because I, I felt like that was such you a like you slept on the you slept on the bottom bunk you slept on but the like bottom. but literally like i i never felt like i could you know to be a top or like you know that's the term that we we use because i felt like it was too masculine for me and i think that we like limit ourselves i think in in like what we can enjoy and like what we actually like love, you know, because I think, you know, even for us, like when we were dating, like I had this sort of like fear, I guess that like, I couldn't 
embrace my masculinity enough for you, you know, in a way, which I think is so ridiculous. ridiculous. (laughs) Miles is starting to come out of their shell. Miles went from being very, you know, shy. (laughs) Yes. I'm learning, I think, my own like shame that I've created for myself. I so I, I relate to that. I think within our relationship, though, we've allowed a safe space for both of us to get to kind of to grow it, it, sexually anyway. Totally. Like, for you to kind of be able to come out of your, your shells. I agree. A little bit there. Oh my gosh. Well, love of my life. I feel like <laughs> we have just entered the tip of the iceberg, I think, with so many conversations that I'm so excited wait. to have with you on this podcast. And yeah, there's so many more areas that I want to go in even further. So I thank you for your vulnerability. I am so proud of you. And I love you so much. I love you too. Thanks for having pancakes with me this morning. <laughs> Anytime. <laughs> I just wanted to take a moment and thank all of you for listening to this episode of Our Private Bits. Be sure to rate and review on Spotify and look out for the next episode. (laughs) Bye, cuties! Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.